Hey, this is Dino, and I'm the pastor of Revolution Church. Thank you for downloading this podcast. We hope this message is encouraging to you and will help you to discover God's unchanging love. For more information, visit our website at therevolutionchurch.com. Enjoy the message. He is worthy of it all. He really is worthy of it all. And there are so many things we could say about why God is worthy of everything for us. But the thing that I hone in the most is this, that while I was yet a sinner, he chose to die for me. While I was in my life of sin, wavered living, 2,000 years ago, Jesus hung on a cross and he saw me in the future. He saw you in the future. And he said, you know, I'm going to die for that person in the future. I'm going to die for Dino in the future. Even though he's boogieing around on the disco floor, even though he's living a wild, crazy life, 2,000 years ago, he looked into the future and said, I'm still going to die for Dino. I'm going to pay for Dino's sin. Isn't that amazing? That's why he's worthy of it all, because he loved us so much. He loved us first that he gave his life for you and me. What an amazing Jesus that we serve. What an amazing time to be alive knowing and with greater revelation knowing how much God loves us. I don't know that there's ever been a time on planet Earth where the revelation is going forth about how much God loves his church, how much God loves you, how much God loves me. Apart from our performance, apart from those things we think need to be perfected in our lives, God loves us. That, my friends, is why He's worthy of it all. And I'm so excited and I'm so thrilled that you're joining us today as we understand, as we're coming to this revelation of who God really is and what he wants to do in our lives, especially in this time that we find ourselves alive in right now. Wow, what a crazy time. And you know what? It's okay. God saw fit that you and I could be alive in such, for such a time as this. It wasn't a mistake. It's not a mistake that you're joining us here today. It's not a mistake that we're alive. It's not a mistake that we have breath in our lungs right now because God wants to use us. God wants to visit us. God wants to show himself strong to us, even in this series that we've started. In fact, before we get into that, I just want to say thank you for joining us. If you are joining us for the first time, we know that it's not an accident you're joining us. We believe here at Revolution that God is doing something absolutely amazing in all of our lives. We're in this series. We're talking about getting back to basic. The basic, the basic understanding of things. I look around and I see the things that are happening in the world like you do too. And I don't know about you, but I just want to get rid of all the fluff. I want to get rid of all the peripheral things. I want to get rid of all the distractions. And I just want to hone in on the basic. I want to hone in on what God is saying to us, those basic truths that make us believers, those basic truths that help us to understand who God really is. You know, when I played football in high school, and every time there was a tight game, we never got into the razzle-dazzle plays, because I played fullback on the offense. It was always the basic plays that we stuck with to move the ball 
down the field. And I feel like that's what God is saying to all of us. It's time to just move the ball down the field. We don't need the razzle-dazzle. We don't need all the, the, the pomp and pageantry. What we need is back to basic. Come on. And last, we started out this series by talking about uh, the basic of the basics of righteousness, that you and I are in right standing with God right now. And I encourage you to go back and listen to that message. And my brother did a great message last week. What a great reminder, huh? About the rest, about resting in the presence of God. And today, I want to read a, a scripture to you before we pray. And this is where we're going to spend our time today because this seems to be the area that I hear so much concern about right now, not only for myself, but also for you as well. It's Philippians 4.13. It says this, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. This is such a beautiful promise to you and me. It clearly tells us that God wants to be our source, that God wants to meet our needs. I don't care what's happening all around us. This Bible promises me that God is going to meet our needs. And so today, I want to get back to the basic of understanding that God is our source today. So let's pray. Let's get into the Word of God. Let's open up our Bibles. Let's read some scriptures today, feed our faith, and encourage each other, because I believe God has a special word for us today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and we praise you for the, your amazing presence. We thank you and we praise you, Holy Spirit, that you will work through this message, that blind eyes would be opened, that faith would be built, Lord, hope would be restored courage would come. Holy Spirit, that you would use me to bring life to the listener. And oh, I just humble myself before you to do this in partnership with you, Holy Spirit. And I'm saying to you, I don't want to do this by myself. Let's do this together. So I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Awesome. Awesome. Philippians 4.13. Thank you, Jez. God bless you. You're a blessing. Philippians 4, 13, let's, let's read it again. Come on, I want you to see this in your Bible. My God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. I love this. This tells us clearly that God wants to be our source for everything in life. And I just want to remind you of that today. If you get anything out of this message today, it's this, that God wants to be our source and that God really is our source. Everything else in life is a resource that God uses to help you and me or to bless you and I to provide for our needs, take care of our families or whatever. God is our source, but that job you have is only a resource. That investment account is only a resource. That opportunity you have is only a resource. Are you getting this? God is our source and everything else is a resource. We have to get a hold of this because when we do, 
then we won't get upset at our boss. We won't get upset at people who aren't doing what we asked them to do, or maybe we didn't get that promotion, or maybe we didn't get that check in the mail, or whatever the case is. That check in the mail is not my source. My boss is not my source. The United States is not my source. Come on, somebody. God is our source. Turn to the person next to you. If you're sitting next to somebody, just tell them. Come on, look it right, right in the eye and just tell them, God is our source. We're going to find out if, if you really mean that, if, they, if you really walk in that today, all right? Because if we really, really understand that God is our source, now we're going to settle the anxiety issue. We're going to settle the fear issue. We're going to settle all the distraction issues because we're all dealing with it. We are all dealing with the different issues that this time that we live in right now is bringing to us, especially with mandates and all of the stuff that you're hearing that I'm hearing, okay? Here's the deal. We're going to walk with God. I've decided that it's for me in my house, I'm going to serve God. As for me in my house, I'm going to run to God. I'm going to run to my source. I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to walk with my source. I'm going to tune out the noise, and I'm going to walk with my source. All right, I want to read some scriptures today that I just believe would be a great blessing to you because the season that we're in right now hasn't caught God by surprise. The time that we live in, maybe the pressure that you are experiencing, or maybe some of the anxiety you have, the financial anxieties you might have, it's not a surprise to God. It's not new to him either, okay? Now, the enemy always wants you to believe you're the only one that's going through this, but I'm telling you, that's a lie, because I think the whole country is going through some sort of anxiety, some sort of, of uh, 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 unclarity about the time that we live in, what our next steps are. There's, that's the thing that I hear more and more from people. I just don't have clarity. I just don't know what my next steps are. I'm a planner. I used to know what to do on a day, daily basis or on a weekly basis, but right now I'm just going day to day. I get that. Same here, okay? But listen, God is our source, and he's going to lead us because the scripture clearly tells us that he would never let the righteous be forsaken. I'm getting ahead of myself here. I want to read the scripture or the story here, Genesis chapter 26. This is about Isaac, and this is, Isaac was Abraham's son, or he's the child of the promise. You remember the story, Abraham waits a long time for Isaac to be born, and he finally is born, and now Isaac has grown, he has his own family, and he finds himself in a precarious situation that I think you will identify with today. All right, Genesis chapter 26 and verse 1, it says here, now, there was a famine in the land. Well, what's a famine? A famine is a time when resources are tight to the place where you can't feed your family. You can't take care of yourself. And there, in this instance, this was an agricultural society, so there was a drought. And because of the drought, they weren't able to feed their flocks. They weren't able to feed themselves. They weren't able to grow, grow soil or grow uh, vegetables, okay? So uh, but in our time, it could be maybe there's a stock market crash. Maybe there is a, a, a currency shortage. Maybe there is an a, a electrical shortage or chip shortage like we're experiencing right now, okay? So there was a famine in the land. All right, now, besides the previous famine in Abraham's time, so I want you to see this. The Bible is telling us that Isaac is in a famine but he also remembers the famine that his dad was in. All right, you got to track with me here, all right? 
And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. And the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, now listen, this is in the middle of a famine. (laughs) All right. Oh, come on. We're going to find out today. God is our source. And if you have not made God your source today, I pray with all my heart that you make God your source today. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. This is important because there's obedience that's connected here. Stay in this land for a while and I will be with you. And I will bless you, for to you and your descendants, I will give all these lands, and I will confirm the oath I swore to your father, Abraham. This is important. Isaac now is being reminded, God is taking his time, this is so beautiful, to remind Isaac of the promise that he made to his dad. So Isaac is about to step into a blessing. He's about to step into something really beautiful here, not because of anything he did, but because of everything that his dad did. You have to understand, God's not a performance God. God is a covenant God. God is an oath God. When God made an oath with Abraham, he keeps his word, he keeps his oath, and that covenant he made with Abraham is now being passed down to his son Isaac. So you have to see this. All right. For you and your descendants, I will give all these lands. Verse four, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. And I will give them all these lands and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because Abraham obeyed me and did everything I required of him, keeping my commands, my decrees and my instructions. So Isaac stayed in Gerar. Isaac stayed in that place. He obeyed. He followed the Lord's leading. And that's one of the things that you have to learn. That when we want to make God our source, you have to follow his leading. You have to follow his timing. You have to follow the things that he's asking us to do or the things that he's instructing us to do. Because that's where the real breakthrough is. Now, I want you to see, remember, there's a famine here. There's a famine in this land. God speaks to him. God gives him this promise. Now, watch what he does here in verse 12. I want you to drop down with me for the sake of time. Watch what he does in the middle of this famine. Watch this. Isaac planted crops in that land. Are you kidding me? He planted in the time of famine? He actually sowed his seed in the time of famine. Watch what happens here. And in the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. You have to get a hold of this. All right. There was famine in the land. Everybody was scared. Everybody was holding on to their seed. They were saying, it's crazy to take this precious seed that I have and put it in the ground. There's no water. There's a drought. This is dumb. But Abraham, in the, oh gosh, get a hold of this, you guys. In the middle of the drought, in the middle of that sun scorching season, in the middle of, of this time where everybody is afraid, everybody's holding on to their seed, everybody was probably thinking he was crazy for going out there and tilling the soil and putting seed in the soil. 
I want you to think about how crazy that must have sounded in the middle of a famine, in the middle of a drought. And yet the Bible says here that same year he reaped a hundredfold. Watch what happened here. You have to see this. I, I want to take my time here with this because God wants to do the same for the church today. God wants to do the same for people today. That if we'll trust him, if we'll make him our source, he's not a respecter of persons. I'm going to show you something here that, that, that Isaac did in a second that I think you're going to really identify with. Watch what, but I want you to see the result here in verse 13. The man became rich. And his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. So he reaps a hundredfold that same year. And there just is this multiplication and multiplication. He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. Isn't this crazy? The Philistines represented the enemy. Or you could say it represents the world. So this promise here is telling us that if we'll trust God, if we'll make him our source the way Isaac made God his source, then the result will be God providing an overwhelming supply to you and to me, just like the scripture says, my God shall supply all of those riches according to Christ Jesus, okay? And listen, the world will see that you're different. The world will see there's something special on your family. There's something special on your finances. There's something special about the hand of God that's on your life. That's what this promises us. And that promise is still for you and I today. And there's a principle here that I want you to get, especially for the time that we live in right now. Just listen. Just listen to this principle. Because because Isaac could have freaked out like everybody else. He could have held on to a seed and said, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait before I sow this seed until this season passes. Okay, I'm going to sit here in a corner. I'm going to just stick my head in the sand and just wait. Okay, He didn't. He took God at his word because God said, I'm going to bless you. And when he knew God was with him, he knew that God was going to bless him. That's what caused him to step out and do this. He made a conscious decision that he was not going to participate in this famine. I believe Isaac said, I've got the blessing of God in my life. God is my source. He made a promise to my dad. I watched God do some amazing things for my dad. And here I am now. And God is making these same promises to me. I watched the way God blessed my dad in the famine. And God's going to bless me in this famine. I choose not to participate with this famine. And I want to encourage you today. I believe this principle right here can change your life if you get a hold of this. That you would say, I am not going to participate in this fear. I'm not going to participate in this famine. I'm not going to participate in the anxiety of this mandate. I'm not going to participate in all the stress and the fear because evil men are in charge and they're making decisions that are contrary to the welfare of our country or the welfare of our families. We are not going to participate in all of that. And here's what happens. When you make a decision 
not to participate in all that. You put yourself in a position like Isaac did to say, I choose to not participate in this, and I choose to walk in the promise that God has for me. And you and I can do the exact same thing. We have a promise. Listen, can I just tell you something? Everybody else could get into worry, anxiety, fear, and depression. And I know it's very easy to get into. I promise you it is. Believers and unbelievers alike. But I'm telling you, and I believe you're watching for a reason. And if you know somebody that needs to be encouraged by this, you need to share this with them. Tell somebody about this. I believe the word of God gives us provision to say we don't have to participate in this season. We don't have to participate in all this chaos. We have a promise from God. We are children of God with the blessing of Abraham on our life. What God did for the seed of Abraham, God has has to do for you and I. There are two ways to look at this. I can just go with everybody else or I can go with God. How many of you want to go with God today? How many of you are ready to go with God? If you're ready to go with God, then you have to say in your heart right now, right now in your heart, God, be my source. Be my source. And if he's not your source, if everything else has been your source, then right now just say, God, help me to make you my source for everything, for everything. Think of the ridicule. Think of the persecution. Think of all the anxiety and the stress that Isaac had to go through. Think of all that. Think of all the pressure, the way people made fun of him. (laughs) But he's the one who the world envied because they saw the blessing of God on his life. Friends, I'm telling you, that kind of blessing is available to you. Someone said to me one time, how come more people aren't walking that kind of blessing, Pastor Dino? One, because people aren't teaching it. Two, people don't believe it's available to them. I believe it's available. I believe this is true. I believe the word of God is more true than anything else. And if God did this for Isaac, if God did this for Abraham, then guess what? And he's got to do it for Dino too. And he's got to do it for you too. But you have to believe it. So here's what I want to do. I want to take the duration of this message to just give you the basic God is my source principles, all right? I found five principles here that I think will be a blessing to you, and I want you to write these down, and I want you to write these scriptures down. I want you to read them out loud, maybe pray them over yourself again, okay, and just pray them out on a daily basis. I just believe this is probably the number one thing that we're going to have to contend with over the next period of time that we have to really make God our source. All right, so the first thing I want you to write down is this, all right? Ready? Everything is a gift from God. Everything is a gift from God. Nothing you have, nothing you have is earned. Always remember that. If you have it, if you have something, it's, it's because the Lord graced you to get it. The Lord helped you to be at the right place at the right time. The Lord helped you to get that contract. The Lord helped you to get into that class. The Lord helped you to get that job. The Lord helped you in whatever situation you're in. If you see it that way, then you begin to understand, yes, this is the beginning of making God my source. James 1.17 says this, Every good and perfect gift is from above. 
Listen, every gift, every good and perfect gift is from, a, from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. We have a heavenly Father. When he makes up his mind to give you and I a covenant blessing, he doesn't change. He doesn't say, oops, you didn't just do something just right. Oops, you didn't qualify in a certain area, so you're robbed of the blessing. It doesn't work that way in the kingdom of God. You and I have a heavenly Father who loves you with an unchanging love, who loves me with an unchanging love. And he says right here that every good and perfect gift comes from above. And it comes from a Father who doesn't change. His love for us and his belief in us doesn't change. So that's the first thing, okay? You have to understand. That's number one. Everything is a gift from God. Number two, God wants to give you everything you need. Maybe you've never heard that before. I'm probably speaking to a few achievers right now. The achievers are the, are the ones that, that, that uh, have a hard time with this principle right here because we just and I'm an achiever, you know, everything. I got to work hard. I got to go get it. I got to, I have to go make it happen. I get it. I'm just like, I'm the same way. But I, you have to understand that God wants to give you everything you need. It doesn't make you lazy. It doesn't make, make you, you know, a slothful person because you, you're depending on God to meet your needs. No, it doesn't. What it says is you're saying God is going to be my source. Now watch what, what Jesus said here in Matthew chapter 7. These are the words of Jesus I'm going to read. He read this, or he said this. He said, if you, Matthew 7, 11, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. Come on, parents. You know how to give good things to your kids. If you can't give something to your kid that you, that, that you can't afford, inside you wish you could. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's what our Heavenly Father is. Our Heavenly Father wants to give us good things. Look what it says here. How much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask Him? How much more? How much more does God want to meet your need when you want to meet your own child's need? Or when you want to do something special for your spouse? You want to do something special for a coworker. You want to do something special for your child. How much more does God want to do it for us? But that's one of the things that God spoke to me years ago as I started to understand that God really is a good God, that God wants to do for you and I more than we want it done for ourselves. That thing that you need, that blessing that you're believing for, God wants to give it to you more than you want. And I'm telling you, if you haven't seen the manifestation, well, maybe because it's a timing issue. Maybe it's because it's just there's, there's certain things that still have to be aligned for it to happen. I know in my own life, I know, I'm telling you beyond a shadow of a doubt that I know I am so thankful that I didn't receive the things that I was praying for when I asked them. But in God's infinite wisdom and in his perfect timing, they almost always showed up. I shudder to think what my life would have been like had I gotten married a little bit early. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, it would have been disastrous. All right, But God knew exactly when it was time for me. Come on, somebody. All right. All right, so number two, God wants to give you everything you need. Everything. Everything, guys. That relationship. 
the grocery bills being paid, that new job, that new house, that new place to live, everything. He wants to do this, and he makes it personal. You know why he makes it personal? Because Jesus says it himself. It's not like it's a Bible writer. Jesus is quoting this. You could take this one and say, the Lord Jesus wants to do it for you and I. All right. All right. So here's the next one I want you to get. All right. Number three, God has unlimited resources. Unlimited resources. Now, I know we say that and we know, yeah, God's big. He can do anything he wants. Yeah, he's, he made the skies, the seas, you know, the land, the animals, man, unlimited. But when it comes to my rent check, it's like it's, this is too difficult for God. When it comes to my electric bill, this is too difficult for God. When it comes to minding a new job, like this is too difficult for God. It's not, right? He's unlimited in his resources. And in time and time again in the New Testament, you see Jesus just demonstrating this like crazy, making it known that you and I don't have to be limited by our own resources, that you and I could tap into his unlimited resources. When there was a, there was a situation where tax needed to be paid, all right, the religious people cornered Jesus and they said, hey, you haven't paid your tax. And Jesus, just to show him and his followers that his, that his resources are unlimited, he's not limited in any way. He tells Peter, hey, Peter, grab a fishing stick, go down to the lake, and I want you to fish. And in that fish, you're going to find a gold coin in his mouth, and you're going to pay my tax and your tax. Think about this. Think about Peter's obedience when he had to say this, or when he had to go do it. I'm telling you, there's some obedience that's connected here. All right. Jesus told me to go down there and fish. That part I can handle. But he's telling me the fish I catch, there's going to be a gold coin in its mouth. This I got to see. Come on. We'd all done that. And lo and behold, there's a gold coin in his. I don't know if I, if I was Peter and I, and I find the coin in that vision, I'm walking back to Peter, to Jesus, like with this coin, like completely repentant. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm such a sinner. I should have believed you. Okay. He's unlimited in his resources. Think about it. The little, the, the, the little boy's lunch. Jesus took a little boy's lunch and he fed thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Can he not take your little and multiply it? He's not limited. Come on, you guys. You have to see this. I'll never forget being in, 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 in Oklahoma there with my friends and, and, and my mother came there and she wanted to do Thanksgiving dinner for all of us. And, and when my friends heard that we were going to do homemade Thanksgiving dinner, the invitation list just started to grow. I'm telling you, 30 people must have showed up at that house and we were expecting about 10. And we had this little turkey. And I'll never forget that I've watched God do stuff like this. It might sound crazy and it might seem out there, but listen, if God is going to be your source, then it takes a little bit of crazy. I believe I'm talking to a few crazy people out here. Come on. So you know what my mother did? She laid hands on that turkey. And she said, turkey, you're going to multiply. You're going to feed all the people in this room. Okay, now, I remember when she's praying this prayer, I was kind of like halfway faithing it. Have you ever done that? You're like, oh man, she's really out there on this prayer. Have you ever done that? I just 
halfway faith is like, yeah, I'm in agreement with this. You know, I'm in agreement if it happens and the miracle is great. But if it doesn't happen, then I don't want any liability. Come on. So, but we prayed. She blessed that turkey. And people just kept eating and eating. And all my friends were big eaters and just kept eating and eating and eating. I watched God multiply that turkey. I'm telling you right now, guys, God is not limited. He has unlimited resources. And I hope you get a hold of this today. All right. All right. Now, this next one is the one that really hits me. Hits me hard. And I hope it hits you too. Number four, God is not limited by our ability or capacity. God is not limited by our ability or capacity. I think this is where so many of us miss it right here. Because somehow we look at our gifts, we look at our talents, we look at our capacity, and we, we always put a lid on ourselves and say, oh, there's no way. Somebody else has to do that. Some, somebody else can do I can't do that. We do this. All of us do this, me included. All right. But I'm here today to tell you God is not limited by our ability or capacity. When I think about the Apostle Peter, how he denies Jesus, he turns into just a good old-fashioned heathen. It's almost like he'd walk with Jesus for three and a half years, all right? And then when Jesus died, or, the, or through Jesus' trial, he just kind of binged and just let himself go. Have you ever binged? And there's Peter. He just binge, man. He just became a good old-fashioned sinner. I mean, I mean, he went from following and walking with Jesus to denying him, cussing, hanging out with the wrong people, okay? Yeah, yeah. And 60 days later, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was being poured out on the church, he was with the 12 disciples in that upper room, waiting in obedience and on that day, here's a man who was limited in his ability all right, and his capacity. God said, I'm going to use him. I'm going to use him. I'm going to let him, this man who denied me, this man who swung from walking with me to denying me, all right, I'm going to use him. I'm going to use him to deliver the first sermon to the church. Yeah, and that day, 3,000 people were added to the church. Oh, I just sense the Holy Spirit so strong right now. So many of us, we've been limiting God because we think it's, it's about my talent. It's about my money. It's about my last name. It's about the, the circle of people that I run with. It has nothing to do with this, you guys. It has everything to do with making God our source. Peter had to step up that day somebody's got to take care of these people. Somebody's got to step in here and address what's happening right over here. Might as well be me. And I'm telling you right now, it might as well be you. It might as well be you that gets that promotion. It might as well that be you to take that public office. It might as well be you to step into that new situation right now. It might as well be us. We cannot live today like it's somebody else's job to fix the stuff that's happening in our society. It is our job. And as we make God our source, he will supply the ability. He will supply the capacity. He'll supply the resources. Come on. That's why I believe we're falling back to basic over here. God is going to be our source right now. Oh, I think about a friend of mine, you guys. He, he, he went to college and he got a degree in poetry. This is a true story. 
Parents, do not send your kids to college to get a degree in poetry. If you do, we need to talk, all right? So he got a degree in poetry. And after he graduated, he struggled. He thought he could do some work with newspapers. How, how are newspapers going today, right? He thought he could do some work with, you know, as a columnist or whatever. It didn't go well. Love God. This man just loves God. Somehow he got involved with this little thing when e-commerce just started to develop called POS. POS. Some of you don't even know what POS means. When I say it, you'll understand. It's called point of sales. All right? So when e-commerce was on its way and is developing, point of sales systems were in demand. Well, he found himself working with a group that understood point of sales, and he understood that the whole point of sales thing, he started to grasp it, and he actually started to make money working in this POS system. One thing led to the next. He was, he was granted the Florida territory of the, the entire state of Florida with a POS system. And man just became wealthy from being a poet to a POS expert. Come on. I'm telling you, this is what God can do. You cannot look at your talent. You cannot look at your ability. God is not moved by your talent. He's not moved by your ability or your capacity. If we'll make him our source. Oh, God, I, I have another friend. I have another friend who, who works in a factory. And, and the, there was these two pumps in the factory that needed to work in order for the workers to work. And hundreds of workers could not work because these pumps wouldn't work. And he just was taking it personal. He just couldn't believe that all these people couldn't do their job because these pumps weren't working. And technicians kept coming and trying to get these things to work, and they wouldn't work. And when no one was looking around, as God is my witness, he said, while no one was looking around, he went and put his hands on those two pumps. And he said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to work in Jesus' name. And as he said that, he said to his, to his surprise, that's what's so funny sometimes. He said, boom, the pump started to turn on. And, and the entire factory came back to life again, basically. And I said, that's all you did? He says, that's all I did. And they've been working ever since. It's an amazing testimony, you guys. Why? God is not limited by our capacity. He's not limited by our ability. All right? So my question to you, stop limiting yourself. Are you limiting yourself? Are we limiting what God wants to do in our life? Just take a second and ask yourself this question. Are you limiting God? Have you said, oh, I can't afford that? Have you said that? Oh, I can't do what that person's doing. Have you said that? Have you said, oh, I don't have the gifts or the talents to do that, okay? Now, don't, don't get into singing here. and Don't think about this just about singing and worship. When, you, when you're in a worship ministry, in a singing, worship, in a singing type situation, that's a specific gift, and you all know what I'm talking about because we know who good, good singers are and who good singers aren't, and that's all I'm going to say about that, okay? All right, but I'm going to tell you something. If you're working in a restaurant and... You have the ability to manage that restaurant, and you think, I've never done anything like that before. God's putting the ability on you to do that. Yeah. If you're thinking that you have an opportunity to join a college team 
maybe a rowing team or a soccer team or something like that, and walking on and trying out, okay? And in it, you might be able to get a scholarship, right? Trust God. This is what he does. I'm telling you, I know people who don't, who are less talented in acting and training skills, and because the favor of God was on them, they got parts. I'm telling you, don't limit God. If you've ever said that somebody else can do that, I can't do that. How about this one? Well, I don't have the energy for something like that. My health isn't good enough to do that thing. We're limiting God. God wants to do things in our life. I love, that's why I love the, the ministry of Smith Wigglesworth. He didn't start his ministry until his late 50s, maybe early 60s, and shook the world with the gospel of Jesus. We cannot limit ourselves, you guys. All right. There's this last one I want to leave you with, all right? And that's this. Let me just sum up the first four, okay? The first four. Ready? Again, if you didn't get these, everything, number one, everything is a gift from God. Number two, God wants to give you everything you need. Number three, God has unlimited resources. Number four, God is not limited by our ability or capacity. I love that. I absolutely love that. Here's what I'm doing. I'm getting you to fall back to basic. We're, we're going back to basic here. Okay, this is basic. God is our source. Even in baseball, come on, even in baseball, when the game is tight, it's a tie game, and they got a runner on first, what do they do? They're not interested in, they're not interested in a razzle-dazzle. They're not interested in, in, in a hit and run. They're not interested in going for the home run. There's, you know what the plan is? Bunt. Why? Move that runner around. We got to score. Okay? Back to basic. And that's what we're doing here. Here's the basic. Ready? God's my source. Man's not my source. God is my source. All right. Now, here's one I want to leave you. This is the, this is the last one. I saved this one for last because God, number five, God always blesses obedience. You have to understand. I, I saved this one for last. God always blesses obedience. You have to let that sink in. I've got news for you. Obedience is not a four-letter word. Come on, somebody. Obedience is a good word. All right? And when you follow the scriptures and when you see, it's really simple. I'll give you a great example of obedience. When God told Isaac to stay in the land, he obeyed. That's called obedience. When he had this understanding to sow in the time of famine, that was obedience. Are you getting it? Obedience is not the parental type obedience, the parental type do's and don'ts lists that we all grew up with and a lot of us all grew to hate. Come on, all right? That's not what, what obedience is, okay? Obedience is this. It's in Isaiah 1.19. Listen, listen to this. If you are willing and obedient, if you are willing and obedient, if you listen to the Lord, if you step out and do the things that he's asking you to do, if you step out 
and just obey him, the promise goes on to say this. Listen to this. You will eat the good, you will eat the good things of the land. In other words, you're going to be successful. I don't know how the success is going to come, but you're going to be successful. If you are obedient, oh, God blesses obedience. And you have to get a hold of that. He does. Now, what does that mean? If God's asking you to put a resume in some place, be obedient. If God is telling you to sow a financial seed, be obedient. If you haven't started tithing of your resources, you should be obedient. That's where it starts, you guys. Isaac sowed in a time of famine. It made no sense to be obedient in that season. But I'm telling you right now, mm. and the reason why we can be obedient is because the scripture, Jesus said, if you love me, if you love me, you will obey me. People misunderstand what that really means. They say, if you love me, if you perform, love me, this is how I know that you're going to love me, is that you're going to be obedient. So because you're obedient, that proves that you love me. And I don't believe that's what Jesus meant. I believe Jesus meant this, that if you love me, if you understand this love that I have for you, if you understand that I love you with an unchanging love, an unchanging and unwavering desire to help you to be successful. And when you understand this, oh, being obedient is just second nature. Are you getting this? See, I was taught to perform obedience. Then I would earn God's love or it would prove that I love God. But it's the opposite with Jesus. He wants you to know how much he loves you, how much he cares for you, how much he wants to meet your need, how much he wants to be your source in everything. And when you come to know that, whatever he asks you to do, you just do willingly. Come on. That's what this means. If you're willing and obedient, you're going to eat of the good of the land. This is the basic, guys. The early church understood this as the basic. They didn't have time for fluff. They didn't have time for distractions. They didn't have time to deal with stupidity. They didn't have time to deal with offense, unforgiveness, bitterness. They didn't have time for all that. There was too much happening. They just needed to hold on to basic. They needed to move the ball down the field by focusing on basic. Come on. Are you getting this here today? God is my source is as basic as it gets. God is my source, our source in this time right now. And we need to understand it more than ever before. Unemployment is not your source. It may be a resource. And for those of you, listen, who've got to pay your unemployment back, because I understand a lot of you have to, have to pay it back. Listen, 
God is my source. He's going to find a way to meet that need to pay it back. I have a good friend that had no idea how valuable his baseball card collection was and helped him get himself out of that. He had no idea. Didn't even know it. He had it and had no idea how valuable it was. Valuable it was. Why? God's not limited. God has the ability to get it over to us. Come on. How do you know? How do you know that God hasn't moved on somebody, on your uncle's heart, who has all that money to put you in the middle of that will? How do you know that God hasn't done that? I have heard this story over and over and over because I get the call. They say, Pastor Dito, I just came into this inheritance that I had no idea, and I don't know what to do with it, and I've got to coach them through. This happens so many times. How do you know that your name isn't listed there it's not, on, it's not on my will for you. I'm going to tell you that right now. Okay. But how do you know that that rich uncle or that rich aunt or that grandparent isn't getting ready to do something for you? I'm telling you, stop limiting God. And I'll tell you something. I, I, I just understood this too. That when we can live this way, it brings a childlike faith. It brings a childlike expectation that every day can be an adventure. Oh, I don't know how that bill is going to get paid, but I know Jesus has paid them all. I don't know how or where I'm going to find that car, but Jesus has paid them all. I had to sell this beautiful furniture. I didn't know what I was going to do with it. And the day that I was moving, I mean, I had listed it for six months on eBay and every, and every outlet that you can think of, and nobody bought my furniture. And I remember having a come to Jesus meeting on the airplane. I said, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do. I am moving tomorrow. I have no place to put this furniture. If I have to, I'll just have to set it out at the road. Expensive furniture. It was a gift somebody gave us, but I couldn't move. Yeah. And the day of my move, because God is my source, people showed up looking at old ads. At old ads, they showed up at my house and bought that furniture. What a testimony. And God will do for you. He'll do for all of us. We'll just make him our source. The beginning, though, is coming to the end of ourself. You can't say, God, be my source, and then have some backup plans and, or just have plan B, plan C. Making God our source is plan A. Maybe you're watching today and you say, you know, Pastor, you know, I need to go with plan A. I need to make God my source. It starts by inviting Jesus into your heart. It starts by saying, Jesus needs to be the Lord of my life. The Bible says we're all sinners. All men have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible tells us that God raised Jesus from the dead, died for our sins, and he raised him to pay for our sin so that we would become children of God. If you're watching today and you've never invited Christ into your life, you never put your faith in Jesus, I'm going to invite you to do so right now. It's really simple. This is the beginning of making God our source. It's trusting him to save you because you can't save yourself. Just pray a simple prayer just like this. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I'm tired of being my own source. I want you to be my source. 
believe you're the Son of God. That you're raised from the dead to pay for my sin. I take you as my Savior right now. And I believe that I am born again. It's so precious. It's such a sweet presence right now. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, I just want to encourage you to write Jesus in the chat. I want to send you some information to help you on your walk with God. But I also feel like there are several of you who are watching right now that you're stuck in fear. You're really stuck in anxiety. You, you have never been this unclear in all of your life. And some of you are going to write me and say, man, that message was spot on just for me. Happens every week. But today, it's going to be different. Today, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to visit you. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to visit you. Will you, will you be bold enough to pray that? Will you be bold enough to say, come Holy Spirit, speak to me. Help me to do the things that you're asking me to do. Give me the courage to tithe. Give me the courage to accept that job. Give me the courage to speak to that person to get that bitterness out of me. Give me the courage to be rid of this unforgiveness once and for all. I'm going to pray for you right now. Oh, I just believe there's going to come a release right now of courage. A release of obedience because you know God loves you. Father, I just thank you right now. I come into agreement with my friends right now. To the one racked with anxiety and fear about the mandate. To the one who cannot get over the pain from that divorce. To the one who cannot get past the bitterness of a child that's gone on to heaven. Lord, be their source. Would you just receive just a release of healing in your heart right now in the name of Jesus? Would you just receive the courage to tithe? I don't need your money. I'm telling you. God needs your obedience. When you tithe, you sow your seed like Isaac did. That's what tithing is. He sowed the seed and the harvest came. That's what tithing is. It's for your benefit. Father, give them courage to tithe. Give them courage to sow seed. Give them courage, Lord God, to step into that promotion, to accept that promotion. Give them courage, Lord God, to take on that new career. Give them courage, Lord God, in the face of this mandate. Give them courage, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. I thank you. And Father, fill people with your Holy Spirit. Fill them with the Holy Spirit. Lord, let them, let them be baptized in the Holy Spirit right now. Let them understand, Lord, who you are and this deeper understanding of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I just release the baptism of the Holy Spirit right now. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, come on. He's not limited right now. Just go ahead and receive. Go ahead and just receive. Just say, Holy Spirit, come into me. Baptize me and the Holy Spirit right now. He's doing it. He'll do it for you. Do it for your children. Oh, Father, I just worship you and I thank you. I thank you for all my friends, Lord. I ask you to bless them. Bless them big time wherever they are right now. In Jesus' name.
man, I love you and I miss you. Come on, we're falling back to basic. We need basic training right now, all right? And God is going to continue taking us higher and higher and higher. I miss you. I love you. Can't wait to see you guys. But until next time, remember, you're blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved. Hopefully this message was encouraging to you. And if it was, tell a friend. And thank you for your generosity. Your generosity enables us to take the message of God's unchanging love all around the world. For more information on how to give and about the ministry, visit us at therevolutionchurch.com. We'll see you right back here next week.